0: Hey everybody, superfan Giovanni here. Welcome to Classic Love episode 362 from February 17th, 1997, a Monday night show. Tonight's guests are Elizabeth Simons and Anthony Romero. Elizabeth is from the LA County STD program, and Anthony works at the Children's Hospital. They open the show to the standard 1997 MXPX intro, which might be the best in the show's history. Adam once again covers that it's condom week, and their guests tonight, Elizabeth and Anthony, have been chosen because of that. You can hear the boys battle over a sheet of paper, and Adam explains to Drew why it's rude for him to read while Adam is talking. Adam jokes about Elizabeth working for the L.A. County SDE program and how it's the SWAT equivalent of the L.A. County medical system. Dr. Drew's excited to have a couple medical professionals in studio. All in all, another classic show. As per usual, it's recorded in 1997. Some of the medical advice may be out of date. Please consult your own physician or contact Dr. Drew and Mike Catherwood on current day Loveline 1-800-LOVE-191. Listener discretion is advised. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast One. On Facebook, Podcast One there as well. And PodcastOne.com, the home of all your favorite podcasts. Mahalo. And get on. The following program is a podcast1.com production. <sighs> Two.
1: Three, four, eight.
2: Welcome to Love Line with Adam Corolla and Dr. Drew.
1: Would you sleep with sick
0: women? I may be pregnant, but I'm still a man. Spank the unruly ones. It's indecent, it's vulgar, it's blasphemous. I'm gonna ride you to, you can't stand up. Come
3: on, come on, let's go down. All right, all right, keep your shirt on.
0: Loveline's meant for an adult audience. Loveline may contain sexually oriented content. Listener discretion is advised. Here's Loveline
3: with
4: Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. All right, phone number 1-800-LOVE-191, fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carolla, that is Dr. Drew. He is a board-certified physician and addiction medicine specialist. And speaking of specialists, tonight, and this is uh, in keeping with our theme from uh, last week and this week of the uh, Condom Week. We're uh, we're giving back a little of community. You know, we take so much, Drew. Hmm. I right, put that. I don't have to look at you while we're talking. <laughs>
1: yeah, I look at you, you every Just damn read night. and
4: say, "Hmm." All right. The point is this: What do you mean? Of course, it's rude for you to be thumbing through something while I'm talking and going, "Hmm." Uh, Drew got very excited because our guests uh, both have uh, possibly more education than he. Oh yes, they don't make as much money as he, so he can uh, he can uh, lift his nose up at them. But uh, they, there's they don't a lot of, as
5: much grief as he.
4: No, but there's a lot of education between the two of them. Uh, we have uh, Elizabeth Siemens and Anthony Romero, and they're both. Well, Elizabeth is from the L.A. County Department of Health Services, and she's from the uh, STD program. It's sort of like the SWAT team of the uh, County Department of Health. You know what I mean? I mean, the police has the regular force, and then there's the elite SWAT unit. Right. I'm guessing special uniforms, uh, special equipment. These people are probably uh, repelling while they're distributing condoms. Really should make a—Aaron Spelling should jump on this. All right, and uh, Anthony, where's Anthony from?
5: Children's Hospital.
4: Uh-huh. And they're both experts in uh, sexually transmitted diseases yeah, yeah. and uh, AIDS uh, prevention and all sorts of stuff like that. So uh, they'll be in here after the break, and we'll get into it with that.
5: They each have their focus here. So right. Their area of expertise.
4: All right. As I do. Drew. What is your area of expertise? <laughs> Pray to Make an A. Well, come on. There's the whole napping thing. Oh, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, make yeah. me okay. get into the all big right. M. All right. All right. You ready to get started? Yeah. Russ. 19, you're on Loveline. Hey, guys. Hey.
1: All right. Um, well, basically, my question is this. Um, I've got a relationship that is about a month old now, and it started off pretty much purely sexual. Um, and I want to try to make it more emotional. But every time I try, like, talking with her, um, you know, she starts in on the sexual end.
4: What do you mean starts in?
1: It's somewhat of a long-distance relationship, um, but we see each other often.
4: How so far apart I'd, are you?
1: Um, I'd say about three hours. But mm-hmm. I drive up there a lot. I'm sure sure you
5: do. I'm clear that I understand exactly what what you're saying. Uh,
4: They're it, having a sexual no, no, but relationship. But I understand that, but
5: what, what, is it, what is it that she's doing that makes you believe that there's not also an emotional connection to this physical relationship that she's bringing you?
1: <laughs> well, um, I think she she definitely feels there's there's a um, emotional connection. Um, I so mean, what's the problem? I just don't like feel anything. Um, but every time I like try to talk to her and things like that, um, she starts talking like, you know, what are you wearing? That type of stuff.
4: All right, this is over the phone. Yeah, but when you see a- her, what are you wearing, by the way, Russ?
1: Everything,
4: okay, well when you see her and you have sex and you're done, do you talk
1: a little I mean,
4: all oh, right, I'm lot. hanging up on you, Russ, <laughs> Russ, just uh you know, just tell her you want to talk to her a little more. that's all or right. here's what you do here's what here's here's what we'll do okay. uh Russ mm-hmm. you be uh let's see who should Russ be you want to be you that's too easy, you be her, Russ, I'll be you. All right. Uh, we just had a wonderful weekend together. You, uh, uh I've called you, and you start in with the sex talk, okay? Um. Hello. Uh,
1: okay. Um, you know,
4: Hello. This is already. this is Russ. Who is this? This is her. <laughs> Hello, her.
1: Uh, boy, I miss you a lot already.
4: Yeah, I miss you.
1: Been thinking of some other things that we could try and all that.
4: <laughs> really. I was thinking uh, maybe we could go to the zoo this time. Okay. All right.
1: So just, you know, try to plan other activities? <laughs> Nobody can do that, <laughs>
5: They Nobody's successfully on. been able to role-play with you. <laughs> I know. Is it you, or is it the, the circumstances in which you require people to do this? I would like just to blame me. everyone. All right, listen. You are the man, are you not, Russ? Yes, I am. Listen, people have their own connections with the erotic, and women tend to have a much more emotional, intimate connection with it. And so she may, right behind all that, may be a lot of feeling. For men, they can be two very, very, very separate things. And you just need to spell that out to her, what it is you need to feel emotionally connected all right that's that all right thank you drew jessica 13
6: yeah hello hey um, i have a question about like you guys always talk about if someone was abused they become abusive and usually I, yeah i was abused and
5: well, the, the, well uh, wait, wait. we talk about a cycle of abuse that that people who are not in touch with you know why they are doing these sorts of things can perpetuate this cycle of abuse and that people who are abused often sort of inject a lot of chaos into their relationships if they don't have some kind of treatment for the, the previous trauma. Who abused you?
6: Um, my neighbor.
5: Your neighbor? Oh,
4: sexual abuse? Yeah. Oh, okay. Just one time?
6: Like a lot. A lot. When I was really little.
4: Oh. How old was he?
6: He's like two years older than me, and mm-hmm. I was like six.
4: Oh. And this went on for how long?
6: For like three years.
4: Drew, you better dig a moat around your house. Uh, you, I know you, what you're you thinking. just read my mind. Drew's, uh, Drew's picturing in his mind uh, a, a steam shovel digging a moat and then him letting gators go into <laughs> it. And, and that big barbed wire with electrified wire all around it. That's yeah, right.
5: That's it. That's what I imagined instantly.
4: All right. So, uh, and, and how come no one found out about this, Jessica?
6: Because I didn't tell anyone. And see, I know you're going to say that I should go to a shrink, but I really don't want to tell anyone because, I mean, I told, like, one good friend.
4: And all right. Well, look, it's like uh, having uh, cancer, and I say you should go to a doctor, and you say, no, I think I can beat it myself. Same deal.
7: Are you sure?
4: Yes. Yes, same deal. In this situation, yes. It's really interesting, too. I I don't think all abuse is abuse and all rape is rape, and I I hate, you know, people get PO'd when I say that. But here's
6: before you go, I have another question now.
4: I'm not going to hang up on you. Let me finish my thought, please. Okay. The situation is this. Uh, if you had some long-term boyfriend and you were 26 and you'd been uh, you know, engaged for six years and uh, one night you had too many cocktails passed out and he forced himself on you, uh, yes, uh, maybe you were raped. But in that instance, I wouldn't say, oh, you're ruined. You must go to therapy. You will uh, suffer uh, uh, in... in amazing damage to your psyche unless you go to the shrink. I wouldn't say that in a situation like that. But in a situation like this, absolutely.
5: Okay. Okay? And it's it's interesting how often we hear people say, oh, I've dealt with that, or I've got that under control, i put that behind me. Believe me, it's not something that people can put behind them without some kind of treatment. Well, just
4: the fact that you don't want to bring it up means uh, that you're harboring something and there's some pain in there that you don't want to deal with.
6: Yeah, because, I mean, he still lives there and stuff, and it's really hard. Horrible. Oh, but anyhow, um, I also want to say you guys are great, and Adam, I love you, and I I don't like it when people say they just want to ask Drew a question, because I think that's really mean. So anyhow, (laughs) my second question is basically for Adam, because you always say mahalo, like saying mahalo at the end, what's that, like, any, why do you always say that?
4: It's a Hawaiian word. It's
5: like aloha, except it's what they say when you're, thank you and mahalo. Yeah. All right. If you ever fly to Hawaii, you'll hear that a billion times. Oh. Okay? Okay, thanks. All right.
4: Uh, Did you notice that the stewardesses who work the um, uh, Hawaiian route are a little bit haggard? No? No?
5: They're They're a little leathery. Well, uh, they're always... A little too
4: much time in the sun, I noticed. mm, It's always... macadamia nuts? It's the the something.
5: People with seniority, they get the good roots. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. There you go. And also, the, you notice the flights are really magnificent. The takeoffs and landings are great. because The pilots, same deal. People have flown the longest to get the prime routes. Yeah, but I'm not trying to get in the
4: pilots' pants, Drew. At least not while they're flying the plane. David, 27.
8: Yeah. Um, I got a problem. I just moved into the area I'm living in now, and I was going out with this girl, and she introduced me to some friends of hers, and they're homosexual. Well, since since then, me and her have broken up due to one of her homosexual friends saying that I was sleeping with him, and now he's going around spreading that I'm his boyfriend. Now all I'm getting is homosexual guys hitting on me.
4: Mm-hmm. Because and, he's uh, spreading these vicious rumors.
8: Yes, and I I would really like to know what I can do about it. I've thought about kicking his ass, but he's quite a bit younger than me. and
4: mm-hmm. You'd have to, to sober up, dollars. yeah. All right, David, what area are you living in?
8: Minneapolis area. Uh
4: huh. You're living in the gay quarter?
8: No, I don't think so. I haven't lived here that long to really know.
4: All right, so where are all these gay men coming from?
8: Well, I run into them in the mall.
4: I see. <laughs> yes, they have a mall that's uh, like uh, 30 football fields over there, and uh, uh, yeah, a mall just uh, there teeming there. with gays, apparently. Yeah, where at the Hickory Farms, or where do you run into them at the mall? Just anywhere.
8: Oh, I go into the music store a lot. Right. I've had some hit on me there in the music store. Sure. Because I don't know how they're knowing who I am or, or well, why they're hitting on me or nothing. It's like, is it something I'm doing or
4: the word is out on the street, David? Do you think these guys know something when they approach you, or are they just doing it?
8: I have no idea. All right, how how do they? I'm hanging
4: up on David. What what way are they approaching? Oh, who cares, David? You're not gay, right? No. So who cares? Yeah, you're getting hit on at the mall. I'm just wondering if they just come
5: up and talk to him. I mean, why is that being hit on?
8: Well, I've had a couple guys ask me out to dinner and go out on a date with them. And it's was like, um, excuse me, no. All
5: right, then no. All right, That's all right. It.
4: listen, listen, all you uh, morons out there with your problems of being hit upon, unless you're being hit on on a daily basis, I don't want to hear about it. Now, how often is David at the mall, and how often is he in the music store, and how often does a gay guy come up and hit on him? And what is the gay guy doing anyway? Is he sliding his hand on the back of his pants and uh, giving him a reach around, or is he just asking if he wants to go out and get a bite? Big deal. I swear to God, I think people call this show just to talk about how attractive they are to the opposite sex, and sometimes even their own sex. Is this a problem in your estimation, Drew? No.
5: I, I mean it's interesting to speculate to what extent people maybe, All right, here's my speculation maybe homosexual let me tell you it.
4: the gay men know yeah they're right. not stupid right let me tell you the gays they are not in the business of uh hitting on people and being uh punched out right they are in the business of scoring nobody scores better than a gay man oh yes i've seen movies these gay men they go to these gay bars and they score I mean 100% of the time. Think about that, Drew. Think about your odds at a gay bar. You're scoring. You're gay. No, no. Drew, Drew, hear me out. And what I'm saying is, is I have gay friends. They don't go up to straight guys and hit on them willy-nilly to get turned down. They they hit on guys where they see a little opening. They try to squeeze it in.
5: Well, they're is very carefully, too. That's
4: right. So all you guys that are being hit on constantly by gay men, you really have to reevaluate your own... Uh, sexuality, in my opinion. Naturally, I've never been hit on by a gay man, so I can uh, speak freely. All right. Drew, uh, you have any problem with the gays hitting on you? No. No? All right. Ari. Yeah. 17, you're on Loveline.
2: Hey, guys, what's up? Nothing. Um, me and my friends and I were having a discussion this weekend about STDs, and uh, herpes came up. And then I was really shocked that nobody really knew anything about it. And so I was wondering, like, how it can be contracted and, you know, what you can do about it and how you know if you have it.
5: Um, you contract it by touching a somebody who is producing the virus. And uh, usually the disease will develop, the rash will develop, and where you have touched someone where they are producing the virus. Now, if somebody has an active lesion, they're usually a cluster of vesicles. And in that situation, they can be highly infectious, lots of virus being produced. Typically, it develops on what's called mucosal surfaces, the lining of the vagina or on the penis or in the mouth or the eye, and uh, it, the initial outbreak usually is preceded by a sort of a flu-like syndrome. If it's a genital herpes, oftentimes associated with swollen lymph nodes, and sometime after that a rash develops, and it's usually quite painful and burns. Any ulcers that burn are herpes until proven otherwise. And uh, the, again, the classic description of clustered vesicles on a red base. And it goes away, and then it comes back, and it keeps coming back anywhere between a few weeks later to many, many years later. Most recurrences come every few months for the first few years and then sort of taper off to the point that they really don't keep happening, although somebody who has the virus could potentially be contagious forever. All right. Quit
4: showing off for the STD folks. Ari? Uh, Yeah. Any specific questions?
2: Um, Yeah. Well, we were wondering if you could get um, genital herpes by having oral sex. Absolutely.
5: Absolutely. Oh, yes. You can go each each direction. It's one of my favorite ways to get herpes. (laughs) You can get it on your mouth from having oral sex. You can give it to somebody having oral sex. All right. Right.
4: You can get anything uh, through oral sex, really, that you can't get through um, copulation. And I don't mean anything. Uh, Sure, there's a few few out there. But generally, when you exchange fluid, you exchange fluid. Yeah. One orifice, uh, not a whole lot different than the other. That's true. All right. That's what I'm going with. Ash. Yes. Thirty-one. You're on Love Line.
9: Um, yes. First of all, let me say I think both of you guys are really great. Um, Thank you. I had a question for the doctor. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think something happened to me when I was three years old, mm. and um, I'm willing to go to therapy or counseling. Mm-hmm. I just want to know how long or would I be going before you know I could see some results or make a breakthrough or whatever. What
5: What do you think happened to you?
9: I think I was molested.
5: Wow. What, what why, kind of? why do you think that?
9: I, I've always had this picture in my head. I'm sorry, I've never told anybody. I've always had this picture in my head of, of when I was three, uh, you know. And um, it's never left my mind. It's, mm-hmm. it's who, always been with me. Who do
4: you think molested you?
9: Um, A neighborhood boy.
4: Mm-hmm. Did, was it a recurring thing, or do you think it just happened once?
9: I think so. I think so. You think
5: it was
4: recurring? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And have you had difficulty in your relationships?
9: (laughs) I don't have relationships.
5: Okay. All right. All right. But answer the question. Okay. (laughs) So, so yeah. So something is going on. Something's affecting you. Whether or not that's a true... Memory and accurate memory, or just some kind of—I—I well, uh,
9: I, I don't know. I just—I just always had this picture, right? or, well, or, some, or
5: some representation of, of what's going on with you. Be that as a, whatever the circumstances. It's academic, is yeah. what
4: Drew's saying. Right. Either either you're uh, dysfunctional all by yourself, or you're dysfunctional because someone caused you to be dysfunctional. Either way,
5: it deserves a little therapy. Uh
9: uh-huh. Well, I've I've been trying to, to get into therapy, but it's
5: and we're we're t- to get something out of it. We're talking about years of of work. Years. Once a week for. You know, three to five years. Yeah, but uh, let me say something,
4: Drew. Uh, That is the popular theory. And uh, I'm not going to pick too many holes in that. But there's something to be said for getting in, uh, doing it for six months, and then going out and seeing what you can apply to the real world.
5: Just because that is the
4: Corolla, the newly
5: published Corolla method.
4: Absolutely is. Let me say, hold on here, Ash. Uh, Let me yell at my co-hostess. Let me tell you something here, Drew. My dad is a shrink. My dad believes uh, if my dad had it his way, you would uh, enter the office, he would deadbolt the door and just uh, slide pizza under it and hook you up with some sort of saline drip. And you'd never leave the freaking thing and the meter would keep running. It's You know, 10 years, 20 years, the uh, Woody Allen approach to therapy. You know, someone who's uh, had an analyst since they were 18 and they're now into their 40s. I have gone to therapy uh, periodically throughout my uh, tortured past. And here's, and sometimes I had gone for a couple of years, but sometimes I'd gone for six months at a time. And here's what you do. You sit down, and you, you can do it for six months, and you, it, but you have to put something into it. You can't just coast for six months. You get there, you open up, you get into some issues, and then you go out and you try to apply those. If it's uh, a problem you're having with uh, motivation, then you go out and you try to motivate. If it's difficulty in the relationship, you work on those aspects of the relationship and you give it a try.
5: Uh, I I, I, and and let me tell you, You, it's for certain issues. Of course, that's the case. But as you get into the more deeper, sort of uh, delicate emotional issues that that uh, require a very very nurturing stable relationship well, there, with another human being there's a lot of a manure lot of that's been
4: that shoveled over this one yes yeah. it will take some time but i just don't want you to intimidate everybody by telling them it's a you know three or four year well, process reason, reason, and you'll never make well, it out alive
5: well, the reason the reason i'm saying that the worst way to do therapy is to is to go and go oh, i don't like when you, when you don't want to go anymore that's when you got to keep going
4: you are not getting your wheels balanced you're not going to the dentist for a cleaning don't approach it that way
5: no it's, you're going for commitment for a life it's like working out
4: Yeah. There you go. Yes, you could get something out of working out for six months, but you could get more if you got on a schedule. And and when you're in the gym, you broke a sweat. Very good analogy. I'm surprised I didn't come up with that myself. Serenity. Yes. You're 17. Yes, I am. What do you want?
10: Okay. There's this really horrible situation. So you guys ready for it? Okay. I guess you are. Okay. Um, My good friend... Um, developed this really good friendship with a guy that we know. And um, it started getting kind of intense With they were fighting and then they were making up whatever. And then it turns out that they were having a sort of sexual relationship. And then it came out that he was having a sexual relationship with his roommate as well. And my dilemma is I know his girlfriend and I'm kind of good friends with his girlfriend. So is this something I should tell her? Is this something that I should, you know, Hint at her, or should, should I just let it go? As should you is? tell
4: her that he is having sex with his girl, with his uh, roommate?
10: Huh?
1: Should, I'm sorry. What?
4: You want to know whether you should tell her that her boyfriend is having sex with his, his roommate?
10: roommate? Right, because she's gone through a lot of crap with him already. Right. And I don't know if this. Will be something that would help her in her relationship I mean, with him, or if this is something that she—well,
4: listen. Here's the deal: she knows the guy's a whack job, and she's choosing to stay with him anyway. Right. That much we know, right? Well, I mean, yeah. she—he has given her every indication in the past that he was an a-hole, and she's she's chosen to stick it out. Right. I don't think there could be a new piece of information introduced. Uh, this is like the uh, first O.J. trial. <laughs> I, I don't really think there's enough evidence to uh, convict her or him no matter what but but and I, all you're going to do is uh have them both somebody. come after you
5: yeah they, they, they will make you the fall guy somehow or another so it, basically it's always best to stay out of it however in this situation she may be in harm's way and so at the very minimum make sure she's using a condom reinforce those sorts of issues well how her. do you
4: bring those issues up without you know, saying why just, you're bringing those issues up well,
5: Maybe maybe that's the not, Maybe the event. Inevitably you end up telling the truth.
4: I might think about talking to the guy and tell the guy, listen, I'm giving you uh, X amount of days to tell her, and if not, I'll tell her myself just because I'm worried about her health. Mm-hmm. Let him uh, convince you that everything's safe. But listen. <laughs> truth right at P. I've got to, no, this All right. But just take, give me 30 seconds here. When people are screwed up in a relationship, and somebody's doing something bizarre, twisted, and evil on the outside, or cheating, usually the person has some pretty big indicators that the person is screwing up. And they've chosen to stay with them anyway. So when you awaken them to the fact that they're cheating, or awaken them to the fact that they're uh, hooked on some substance, or alcoholics, or whatever it is, they'll usually shrug it off and move on, because they've, they've been with the person for two years, and they have shown their hand. Thank you for the nod, Drew. We'll be back.
8: Meanwhile, as the faceless evil closes in on the hapless sleeping populace across town in a shanty one bedroom, an old woman feeds her parakeet. Come
3: on, Kirby, have some cheese. You love cheese. Since when are you afraid of cheese? Love Line will be right back.
5: Hey, this is Dr. Drew. Is your computer running slow? Well, MyCleanPC can clean it up and speed it up today. Now, you might be asking yourself, how did my computer get this way? It's so frustrating, right? Well, opening infected email, attachments, downloading music and games can slow your computer down. Over time, running these programs can cause junk files, internet clutter, processor, and hard drive errors, all to build up on your computer. MyCleanPC can help. First, go to MyCleanPC.com and in minutes, you can get a free computer diagnosis and find out what's slowing down your computer. Then simply activate MyCleanPC software to clean out the junk, internet clutter, and even remove viruses, and MyCleanPC is guaranteed to increase the speed of your computer. With MyCleanPC, there are two easy steps to speed up your computer. First, go to MyCleanPC.com and get a free computer diagnosis. Then simply activate MyCleanPC software to optimize your computer performance. Go to MyCleanPC.com today and find out what's slowing down your computer. That's MyCleanPC.com.
8: Bill Goldberg here and whether it be the NFL, whether it be the WCW or the WWE, I have met a myriad of interesting individuals. Spend an hour with me on Who's Next with Goldberg and listen to the likes of Tony Stewart, Terry Cruz, Chris Daughtry, Sean Merriman, Clint Black, Dale Earnhardt Jr., and many more. Go to podcastone.com, podcastone.com.
4: Scared you, huh, Elizabeth? Yes. All right, uh, phone number here on Loveline, one 800 O V E 191 fax number 310-854-4455. I'm Adam Carolla, that is Dr. Drew. Our guests are Elizabeth Siemens and Anthony Romero. Now, Anthony is from the, uh, he's a health educator from the Children's Hospital, and Elizabeth is from the L.A. County Department of Health Services, STD Squad. And uh, we're sort of keeping with a theme that we started uh, last Thursday because it is uh, National Condom Week. We're uh, bringing in people from the community, people who uh, work with younger people and uh, discuss uh, health care. More specifically, um, sexually transmitted diseases and things that uh, condoms could uh, be used for. And um, that's why you guys are in tonight. So you have a minute and a half. Let's make it good. Okay. I can see it's going to be a tough interview, Drew. We'll they've, start. Got,
5: they've got the head nod down, though. I like that. <laughs> yeah,
4: the uh, sort of hey, you guys have been to the uh, Dr. Drew School of Radio with the head nod and the puss on. <laughs> and if you really want to do it, why don't you pick up some uh, literature, just some reading material, and scan through that while I'm talking to you. That's I'll, Drew's I'll get, favorite move. A little move.
11: more verbal. I'm sorry.
4: No, that's <laughs> all right. That's all right. We'll get into it. So, uh, ladies first, uh, Elizabeth. Yes. Uh, you. Well, first off, uh, Drew, read a little of the the education uh, background of uh, young Elizabeth. She's
5: quite a student. Master's in public health, and then you get another another master's in African studies, is that right? Yeah. And then a bachelor's in psychology, and a. what were you doing in Vienna? Uh, Analysis?
12: Listening to music, studying Freud.
5: Studying analysis.
12: Stuff like that, yeah.
5: I mean, All right. Languages. In, All right. in languages, you know, You're, you're quite a salesman, Drew. Right, Junior put that year abroad. All right, so what you do,
4: uh, well, why don't you tell us what you do, Elizabeth?
12: Well, uh, um, the STD program provides STD-related services, um, including testing, treatment, screening, patient-provider education, partner, follow-up, referral. Um, but most importantly to these listeners, we... Um, provide free confidential testing and treatment.
4: And is there an age uh, limit? I mean, can one be 14 and come in and get confidential treatment? One can treatment? be younger
12: than 14, um, In at least in the state of California, and I'm not sure the law is in the rest of the states, but t- you can be 12 years old or older and come in without parental consent.
5: This is for STD treatment?
12: For STD or HIV testing, testing. in the state of California. How about treatment? And treatment. Yeah, everything that goes along. If you get tested, they're going to treat you as and well. And
5: who is
4: the uh, highest risk group?
12: The highest risk group are adolescents, teens. 15 to 19-year-olds are the, at the highest risk for STDs. Um, highest rates we see in females, that may not. That may be due to the fact that females are more likely to get tested. But um, I see. Adolescents by far.
4: And uh, is it? More prevalent now than it was ten years ago. Is it something that just keeps going up, like uh, you know the cost of uh, milk, or is it something that uh, you can see ha- have leveled out throughout the years with campaigns or education or awareness and things like that? Um,
12: certain STs have leveled out. Things like gonorrhea and syphilis. Um, if you're familiar, you know, twenty years ago, syphilis was all over the place. Well, syphilis has really decreased. So has gonorrhea.
4: Why is that? Do you know?
12: Um. Targeted campaigns, targeted uh, programs, following patients, following their partners, getting people treated, um, education. Good Good antibiotics. Good antibiotics. A lot of federal money going toward... Um, the prevention of No, so you're
4: to work the pharmaceutical angle. No, but,
5: right. it, but, but gonorrhea, <laughs> last I looked, was uh, on a slow rise, like and the, particularly well, it, the, the uh, penicillin-resistant or the multi-resistant yeah, gonorrhea. The, there's
12: other there's other types that are increasing. Yeah. But by far, the most common um, STD is chlamydia, yeah. especially in adolescents, and that's not necessarily going down. It's increasing um, or, you know, staying the same or increasing.
4: And men can get this as yes. well. Oh, yes. Now, see, a lot of guys don't know that. Is it more prevalent in women?
12: It's not, it's... There are more cases in women that we identify. All right. But, um, well, what
5: are you running we, for,
4: Senate? <laughs> <laughs> Just, we, women yes get, women
5: get a can get a long term smoldering infection, harbor for a lot longer than men. Uh-huh. Men get it; they're aware of it. Usually, they have they can have a carrier state too, but they get it and they're aware of it. Typically,
4: well, we have eradicate. to change the name of this from uh, chlamydia because uh, it really it, it has the name of a woman's part right at the beginning, and it confuses guys. I'm sure of this. What, I know how is, the analysts in mind. What is the woman's part? Clit, chlamydia. Clit- <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand? No, I'm, I'm not making a joke. It sounds like a feminine disease. It always, it always did to me. I always a chlamydia. Oh, this is uh, this is something you got to have one of them to get this.
5: And it's called like it, a unimidia. Is or it something. still the leading cause of uh, infertility in this country? Yes, yeah.
12: absolutely. Of preventable infertility. And it's, uh, not the, it's
5: not the leading cause of infertility, though.
12: Of preventable infertility.
5: Huh. Again, she's uh, running <laughs> for <say> office.
12: I preventable. <laughs> All
4: right. Well, what is the leading cause of infertility?
12: I don't know I you, Okay, I well, then relax. Was, was the most all right, common please. Thing. Oh, <laughs> please.
4: This is, all right, Anthony.
12: Yes.
11: Let's talk to you for a second. Okay. Describe what you do. Uh, health educator with Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. I do, um, it's called risk reduction counseling. Basically, it's HIV pre and post test counseling. Mm-hmm. So I uh, basically uh, offer and administer uh, the HIV education 101, uh, condom use, uh, discuss latex use, anything along the lines of prevention and then disclose results to the client.
4: And what do you guys, uh, since you guys are sort of on the street, I mean, uh, you know, Drew and I sit back here, and a decent amount of this is theory. You okay, Drew? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But you guys are out there on the front lines. Uh, Drew and I are more like uh, Patton and Rommel. We sit back here in the war room, and we point fingers, and we do a lot of gesturing. But you guys are the uh, grunts. You are the uh, Marines charging the sexual beach. The front line person. And uh, what do you think about uh, things like uh, condom, Distribution. Do you think they should be given out in junior highs? Do you think
11: they should be accessible at all ages? I think so. I, I think it's very important to get condoms out there and available. If, if the youth can see the condoms and become yeah. familiar with them, they're going to be comfortable. Hey, Adam, I know you're trying them.
5: to make a point, but if you asked anybody who works with adolescents, they'll tell you the same thing. I don't know if anybody who works with adolescents doesn't say. I agree. Yeah. That's, you know. that's
11: probably true. But All right. I mean, it, the but, more comfortable kids are with condoms and, and, and youth are, are out there seeing them, they're going to be um, more apt to use them when it's not being pushed in their face. It's going to be a constant reminder to them to constantly want to use it. It seems like a
4: just simple logic, doesn't it, Drew? And that's how we need to run this country, just based on simple logic. Yes, you and your Nazi theories. Yes. Uh, the simple logic
5: of my Nazi I have ar- a quick question. rhetoric. Uh, yes. Is uh, LGV shankroid. We're seeing that stuff around here very much.
12: No. Actually, LGV is no longer. They'll be
5: in Thursday night, by the way. Drew. <laughs> yes. With 311.
12: It's uh, no longer reportable. So they've dropped off the Why list. Why is that? Because they're well in the state of California.
5: When I when I was in training, went through an epidemic of it this this county.
12: Just we're not seeing not cases anymore. anymore. We, wow. st- we still see a little bit of shankroid, but it's very very hmm. very very low.
5: okay. Interesting.
4: All right, let's take some calls. Twiggy. Yeah. Fourteen.
13: Yeah, I have a really big problem with my dad. He's been really pissing me off, like for about a month now. I barely talk to him, you know, and. He has been like so mean and rude to me and he thinks that I am being rude to him and I'm thinking about running away but um, I don't know if I should or because the thing that scares me is when I come if I come back or someone like brings me back what he's going to do to me well, and, Has uh,
4: he ever been violent to you?
13: No, he just yelled and gave me like these stupid threats, you know he like I remember some of them, they were really corny and stupid and um you know, To tell you the truth, I am scared of him. I am scared of my dad because, you know, he's always yelling at me. And, um, Twiggy,
5: uh, uh, where's mom? Mom? Yeah.
13: Oh.
5: Where's your mom? She's
13: uh, she's here, but she's like in the living room.
5: No, no, no. I mean, it's right. Concrete thinking, that's called. Uh, yeah, it means wh- you got cement in your head. Where, Where is she in this whole dynamic? Has she any source of support for you or anywhere you can go to get away from your dad
13: no I mean she's just she doesn't like you see alcoholic no nobody I mean my dad drinks like non-alcoholic beer and stuff you know but well, you know
4: something's wrong with him
13: <laughs> but I mean I think I per, I personally think that he drinks because whenever me and my mom go out by our, ourselves and my dad's home he always has a cup and then whenever we get home he throws it in the sink and I remember one time there was like all this ice. Like if he had thrown something down to drink, he always does that said, when we come your mom home.
5: mom probably said, "You got to stop drinking, or else." And then, uh, yeah. uh, now he hides it very.
4: Toygy. Tw- yeah. Here's what Drew's saying: Why can't you enlist your mother to help you?
5: Uh, because she's such a codependent to his alcohol. Well, she's, I mean, uh, she's he, unable to stand up to him. I the mean, day.
13: they've been married for like 41 years, and um, she, it's like he has trained her what not, what to do and what not to do. Because, right. I mean, one time he started yelling at me. And um, he said, aren't I right, you know? And then right. he said that to my mom, right. and my mom's just there, you know? Right.
5: Right. All right. He, no, had, he ran, or, I, aren't I right? No, Twiggy, we got we got the picture. But here's the deal. The, the kids that run away from home end up in more problem, a lot more problem. And, it, and it's really pretty much only the kids that are being abused in some manner that do run away from home, from home and stay away from home. And those are the ones that really get into big, big trouble. You have... You have
11: I was just—I um, mean, I work in Hollywood, and a majority of the youth that I work with right now are homeless runaway youth. And the, the situation that you're talking about, Twiggy, is something that I've heard uh, probably time and time again when I'm sitting down in a session. And what tends to happen with these youth is they'll run away, thinking that they're going to find a better place out there in Hollywood or finding a better place anywhere away from home. And the situation only gets a little worse, and then that progresses, and it gets—it just becomes a, a progressive, progressive uh, problem. Um, what you really need to do take into account is that. Maybe there's some other people in your home that you or can turn family. to or family, um, an aunt, an uncle or a close friend that can help you right, right now. Right. Running away is not going to solve it. It really is No, it's really, it's really like all, first off,
4: it's not your abuser dad anymore. It's just everyone becomes an abuser and you have no roof over your head and you're hungry. And then you have to start compromising yourself in order to get the roof over your head and get the food in your belly. And that's where prostitution or whatever comes into play. So here's what I would do. And I know we give this advice. If it's it's a real dangerous situation, I would enlist a friend and an uncle and try to get out of that situation. If it's a situation where you guys just aren't getting along, Uh, you know what? The guy's an a-hole, the guy's an idiot, and the guy may be an alcoholic, and you have to just bite your lip a little bit. You know, I mean, just uh, make it through the next few years and move out, go to college, and that's that. there
5: are resources out there. There is Alateen's out there, and there's Department of Social Services if, if it gets that bad. And I'm sure there are counselors at her school.
4: Right, there are things. All right, but a uh, sad situation nonetheless. Common. All right, Drew, sell the hell out of the next call and make right, it an Adam, upbeat
5: one. This is uh, s- this is Shell's boyfriend. Hurts when he pees. All right, and All right. and I'd like That's to do uh,
4: before the uh, night is over. I'd like to do some gambling with the experts. All right. Uh huh. See see if they okay. can put their money where their mouths are. Okay. We'll be back.
0: John, the voices are trying to John. throw me off while they're tr- while John. I'm trying to concentrate John. on this. Okay, you're safe. Thank you. Love line will be right back.
2: What's going on? I'm Brody Jenner. I am Dr. Mike Dow. We are inviting you guys to come check us out. It's the Brody Jenner Podcast with Dr. Mike Dow. It is a
11: fresh take on life's
4: biggest dilemma, love.
2: You got Dr. Mike Dow, who's a couples therapist. You got me. I'm not the best, but I do a pretty good job. We'll have a different celebrity guest each week joining the conversation with us.
11: We are serving nothing but love and relationships on the Brody Jenner Podcast.
2: Go download it every Thursday at podcastone.com. That is podcastone.com.
4: All right. Westwood One, home of the world's tallest mics and the world's shortest chairs. For uh, Romero has uh, the mic is actually taller than he is. He's more of a uh, he's not a peer counselor, he's a ring announcer at this point. Thank you. Thank oh, you. for Christ's sake. Let me make a plea to the, uh, to the uh, cheapskates at Westwood One to invest $10 bucks in some decent equipment. Yes, please. Uh, record this, Engineer Mike. Use my voice. Uh, where's my uh, reverb thing? It's really <laughs> the only thing that works around here. Uh, dear skinflints at the Westwood One Company, please make a $25 donation toward your own frickin' company and get some decent equipment in here. For Christ's sake, get one of the lackeys to go down to the frickin' Ikea and spend a hundred bucks on some chairs. Oh, it's recoculous in here, Drew. That, my mic stand is, uh, the leaning tower of, uh, Pisa. It's, uh, flopping all over the place, uh... Poor Anthony over there is uh, really, uh, it's like, it's like uh, he's looking up to uh, Jimmy Walker when he talks to that. <laughs> it's a big, big uh, wind sock on the top. It's frightening. All right. Um, now you're getting fired, too, because you sat by and let me go on a tirade. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, what the hell are we talking about? 1-800-LOVE-191 is the phone number. 310-854-4455 Five is the fax number. Elizabeth and Anthony are here. Um, Anthony is a uh, health educator from the Children's Hospital, and uh, Elizabeth is from the L.A. County Department of Health Services STD program. And uh, in keeping with uh, National Condom Week, we're here to uh, educate and enlighten uh, what is really the uh, really the uh, sweet spot of the STDs, our listeners. People uh, yeah. between the age of, oh, I'm guessing, like uh, 14 and 25 are really uh, the... Uh, the people you want to get to, right?
11: Absolutely. Really anybody, if they're interested in protecting themselves, but 14 to 25.
4: Now, what happens when you get older? Do you uh, settle down if people don't switch partners as much, or are they smarten up and start using protection and being more cautious? Why does it drop off after you know the mid-20s? Well,
12: there's there's a number of reasons. One is what you just said, is people tend, adolescents tend to have the most partners, switching partners. You've heard of serial monogamy um, right. You know, people, partners after partners, new partners. And then also for biological reasons, um, the structure of the cervix in women changes as women get older and oh. they become less susceptible.
5: <laughs> this, is a, this is fascinating. <laughs> and the men don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. the Corolla syndrome. The right. Channel. Well,
4: uh, not only the structure of the cerv- cervix, but they grow beard after a certain point in life and uh, men aren't interested. But uh, you s- you're saying that there's an actual physiological metamorphosis that goes on.
12: Yes. Coupled with the other behavioral oh. things.
4: I only wish there were some changes going on in my genitalia after the age <laughs> of uh, 17 or is this, so. Is this the, process. this the cervical
5: mucus or the os or the all those things?
12: Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. A, co- a combination of
5: things yep. yeah, going on in The epithelial columnar cells change. It's right, yes. So
4: it's like the vagina smartens up. And, right. <laughs> and and it, is, uh, it is not so uh, easy and not to crack anymore. Yes. All right. Now, we need to um, accelerate this process somehow. Drew, uh, Do we, you know when you experiment on fetuses on the weekend, perhaps <laughs> you could look into this area so that the women could sort of, uh, for lack of a better term, toughen up the genitalia at an earlier age. I'm going to be building a moat for the next three months. Oh, that's right. Okay. That's right. Drew's got to protect the triplets. <laughs> Shell. Yep. 18, you're on Loveline.
10: Hi, I have a question. Um, my boyfriend, well, he doesn't have it anymore, but he had this thing where it hurt when he went to the bathroom and he sort of had, I don't know, leakage, I guess you call it, but he doesn't have any more and I never had anything. So does that mean we're okay or?
12: No, <laughs> does not mean you're necessarily okay. Um, one thing about sexually transmitted diseases is, um, first of all, there's often no symptoms, but if there are symptoms, they could get, the symptoms can go away and that doesn't mean the disease has gone away um what you're describing it hurts shell you say hurts when he goes to the bathroom you mean when yeah. he pees, when he poops when he what
13: when he pees
12: okay um that burning with urination sort of the pissing razor blades syndrome you've maybe heard of um is common with things like chlamydia gonorrhea um in males anyway and he and you definitely need to get tested even if it went away even if it went away, because like I said, just because the symptoms aren't there anymore doesn't mean that the disease is gone.
5: And, and the women for chlamydia, they often have no symptoms.
12: Right. And right. and if it is chlamydia and you don't get treated, there are a lot of very serious complications that can happen, especially to you, the female. Um, like you could not be able to have children later in life. Um, you could have a, a pregnancy that's not in the right place called a ectopic pregnancy. Um so, there, and it can affect your children if you do get pregnant. So, you definitely need to get tested, and this would be a good time to give out the, um, there's a national STD hotline that you can call and find out where the nearest place that you can get tested is. I'm not sure where you're calling from, but uh, the national number is 800 227 8922.
5: Now we have one eight hundred three four two two four three seven. Is that? That's romance and Espanol. To that's around. actually <laughs> the National
12: AIDS Information Line. No, they
5: they told us that they would also give STD information. And whatnot? Is that not sure, the case? Sure, okay. they, they
12: will. But there's also one specifically for okay. STDs. It's based at um, Centers for Disease Control. All right.
4: Well, i uh, give that number one more time, and uh, guys, uh, get a sharpie and write it on your penis.
12: Eight hundred.
4: I would just have to memorize the eight hundred <laughs>
5: part, by the way. But go ahead. Two
12: two seven eight nine two two.
5: All right. There, there are other explanations, Shelley. I mean You could have had a prostate <laughs> infection, these sorts of things, and they can be mechanical or just a sort of chemical irritations of the urethra. It doesn't have to be an STD, but there's no way you can know unless you get it checked out.
4: All right. Let's Let's uh, let's do some gambling with the experts, please. Steve, 26.
2: Uh, yeah. I had a question, and either one of you that can take it are more than welcome to, but I um, have always kind of thought that I was uh, bisexual. And I have heard a few things, and I've also heard it's BS, that um, people have said that it's possible to change your sexual orientation uh, to be more straight. Uh, What do you guys think about this?
11: What do you mean by change your sexual orientation to be more straight?
2: Well, there are supposedly things you can do. Um, and I have no idea what they are. Um,
11: you mean, so if you're if you're gay or you're bisexual, you do these exercises or something, then you become straight all of a sudden?
2: Well, I don't know if they're exercises. I mean, is that
11: what you're saying, essentially?
5: Something are you you're talking
4: like about that, a yeah. lifestyle, like uh, like a profession or something, like joining the uh, rodeo circuit or something? <laughs> uh,
5: there, there are there are analysts and there are psychologists that do believe that we have de-pathologized. Sexual orientation—that they're ways of looking at these things to try to change them. Mm-hmm. It's not—that's not the prevailing wisdom. But Steve, but there are people who believe that, and I don't. Wouldn't encourage Steve to pursue that stuff because it is of a sort of non-mainstream nature right now. Steve, yeah. But you're a little ambivalent about your sexuality.
2: Uh, yeah.
4: And you've yeah. always—you've always felt that way.
2: Yeah, I never knew really which way I was
4: going. Never to. knew. All right, hold on, Steve. Yeah. It's time to gamble. All right. All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to play uh, Gamble on Steve's Upbringing. All right. We're going to need some kind of card that's a little nicer than that. All right. Get, get your money out, please. Uh, Elizabeth, Anthony.
11: Okay. I, I don't, don't have any money.
4: Look, you think you think this we, is radio so you don't have to do it, yeah. please. We're public servants. No, what are we doing? That's we doing fine. So are we. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. Oh, are you saying you don't get paid? <laughs> I'm paid <laughs> by grants. Okay, yeah. listen, you got enough uh you got enough I education have, there. Uh, you should be making more than 10 I bucks. I was, was going to
11: save my dollar to uh get a Taco Bell soda. <laughs> All <okay>. right, don't no <laughs> worry. Hey, listen, eight, four eight, game bucks. Four bucks. listen, you guys are experts. So
4: uh, what are you worried about, right? Elizabeth, I, please. I,
12: I really have no money. You have no money? No. Really? I really don't. You want to check my pockets? 50 cents yeah, a Yeah, I
4: actually would. Uh, I'll start with the front ones. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, I will I put... I
5: have $1. You have one, right? By the way, bastard. I lost my wallet at the Back to the Future ride at the <laughs> Universal studio. It was a nightmare. Uh, I'll do it for you. All yeah.
4: right. I am going to put a dollar in for Elizabeth. Thank you. And then um, I'm going to get something off her later. Right. All right. <laughs> we'll find out how much she really knows about these STDs. All right. Uh, Steve is uh, ambivalent about his sexuality. I am going to let the guests go first. Now, you listen to enough, Anthony. You know how this works. Uh, yes, what was yeah. his upbringing? Uh, parents divorced? Uh,
11: uh, alcoholism? What do you think? Okay, you um, would definitely think that his parents are divorced. Um, and he's probably spending, he's probably living with his mom or lived with his mom at one time. Grew up in... Oh, in, in these in. bastards. See, usually we have <laughs> drunken rock stars in here and they go, they go...
4: Uh, <laughs> Steve's a nice guy. <laughs> and we go, no, no, um, no. Slash, we're talking about his past. Um, he had a girl He had a rough day yesterday. Right, okay. No, 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 no. No, like when he was a kid. So <laughs> mm, he had a big wheel. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> but you went right for my damn answer, yeah. Elizabeth. Go uh, ahead. He
12: stole mine too. Does i mean going have to pick a different answer?
4: Yes, you? unfortunately. That's or why really I didn't refine his.
5: That's refine what, his.
12: Well, elaborate on
4: it if you will. she
12: was it was a single mother but she was very young when
4: he very young Good. very young single yeah. mother yeah father never in the picture
12: father in and out sort of uh maybe had some sort of problem
1: <laughs>
5: please yeah, dad, dad wasn't a very likable guy. Dad right? wasn't around. Uh, yeah.
4: Young, uh, single accessible mother. Accessible guy.
5: Yeah. Dad wasn't an accessible
4: guy. All right. I wanted to go for a uh, tumultuous, uh, over-domineering mother. Is that, is that basically, basically what, what Steve went be, with? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going with uh, alcoholic mother.
5: Okay. I don't know why, I'm but going, that's what uh, I'm going with. I'm going to go out on a limb. Uh, sexual abuse by a male between the ages of 7 and 10.
4: Oh! You know, Drew gives those, and wow. you say,
5: Damn it, why didn't I go to the abuse Right.
4: <laughs> All right. Uh, Steve. Yeah. Tell us about the upbringing.
2: Oh, God. Well, I didn't think any of you are right. Mm. Uh, My parents have always been together, still together. Still together. I don't live with either one of them. Um, I had a pretty picture-perfect childhood, actually. I got what I wanted for Christmas. My dad coached my sports teams.
4: Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: My mom brought me to church.
4: Uh Uh, Uh-huh. Was she drunk all the way?
2: My mom doesn't drink. (laughs) Well, well, she can't
4: because she has a problem.
2: Well, <laughs> right. Three years on New Year's Eve, once she missed the countdown. Okay. Yeah, all right. It's not,
11: all right. Uh, never felt up by an older neighbor. Nope. I, I, I got it, I got it, I got it. See, what it is is I, I think maybe he was brought up in, a, in an environment that was very... Too repressive. Very repressive. Right. And very pro-heterosexual. Oh, oh, totally won. don't feel this way, and, and I think that's what it is. You're you right, think. Anthony. I, think that's what I feel like a dope. It Th- doesn't
5: happen like that. No? no? No, that's not the way it happens. No. no. All right. That's Anthony, that, what that, kind that, of screwball advice is that? <laughs> <laughs> Shut his mic no, off, off. How, how old my... were you when you Thanks, first had sex, dude?
2: Um, with a guy or a girl. Either way. Um... Well, I guess messing around probably like eleven or twelve, but actual sex not till like fifteen
5: okay okay, w- what happened at eleven
2: um just like touchy feely experimentation stuff and, wh- how wh-
5: how how old was the touchy feely cohort um same age all right was it sure. a male or female uh male. Now, I missed it by one year. I said between somewhere between seven and ten. Yeah,
4: but you you were going for molestation. For asking, something. Yeah, that is molestation. All right, varies. all right, that, all right hold on, The most Common on. form of molestation all is right. peer on peer. All right, uh, listen. So, Steve, uh, you had some uh, mutual experimentation at the age of eleven with another eleven-year-old.
2: Uh, yeah, I guess uh-huh. you know, like a the campo went a little too far. To uh, how
4: far did you get?
2: Was um, just like. Touching, touching.
4: Mhm. No oral anything. Nope. Yeah, yeah. I was like fourteen. Yeah, you
2: were fourteen.
4: I thought
5: you said you were eleven.
2: Well, yeah, but one I you you asked about oral, so fourteen. And that
5: was the first time you'd ever had any sexual encounter, break time? Uh
2: yeah, pretty much.
5: What do you mean, pretty much?
2: Um. Well, I mean, I don't remember every weekend, but I I don't recall it being. Well, please, a
5: there's a four dollars. What do you, a what do you in speculate might have happened before the age of eleven?
2: Oh, before that? No, no nothing. 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 But maybe once or twice when I was 12 and 13, the same little experimental touching stuff. But but.
5: Experimental touching? You're talking about mutual masturbation? Or what are you talking about?
2: Um, well, yeah, I guess, yeah.
4: All right. Uh, True, that, uh, that gets you $2. <laughs> All right, Steve. Yeah. Uh, l- listen, y- you have to find your own way sexually. <laughs> I mean... I mean, no one's going to tell you how to be straight, and no one's going to tell you how to be gay.
5: I'm going to tell you something. Any any genuine sexual activity before the age of twelve is is suspect activity. All right, it uh, is. All right, we got to go uh, to break.
4: When we, I don't know, and Drew's making a, co- a case because um, <laughs> he loves his money. All right, when we come back, we'll uh, argue a little bit over whether Drew gets the pot or not. I I believe it's a push, but we'll uh, we'll be fair about it, and we'll be back after this.
11: I don't think they're
0: aware of how much they suck. Hey, that's not very nice. You kiss my mother with that mouth. I mean, your mother. Love line will be right back.
4: All right, Loveline, and we'll be back in 10 short seconds.
8: This is Loveline on Radio Station.
4: I am Adam Carolla. That is Dr. Drew. This is Loveline. We're here with Elizabeth Siemens and Anthony Romero. They're both um, educators in their own right. Uh, Elizabeth is from the LA County Department of Health Services, the STD program, and uh, Anthony is from, he's a uh, health educator from the Children's Hospital. And on behalf of uh, National Condom Week, we're discussing uh, sexually transmitted diseases. Actually, I thought, uh, wasn't there some movement afoot to change it to STI, um, sexually transmitted infections or something like that?
12: Yeah, there's still people. They That's est- right. That the, the STI uh, versus the You know what? The
5: you gotta
4: have, in the, uh, everybody's got to have a
5: career. You know what I'm saying, Adam? Right. The, yeah. in well, the, it uh, used
12: to be VD. We, right, we so, can just call it VD you know.
5: again if you want.
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for that. Hey, I want to go back to the clap. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't that cover almost everything? I think that was the drip. The drip. The drip.
12: Yeah. You know You wanna, wanna know where that came from, the word? Yeah, where did that come from? It's uh, there's a quartier in Paris called Le Clapier. Mm-hmm. And it's where um, it housed a large group of prostitutes and oh, really? they all got gonorrhea, so they started calling it the clap. So we really should call it le clap.
11: If you want to be correct? <laughs> oh, <laughs> from France. Well, just a little
5: right.
12: bit of STD trivia there.
5: Great. That was just ensconced, in your yes, memory yes, somewhere.
4: Uh, all right, so let's uh, talk about a couple of things well, very quickly. Uh, now, Drew, I made a big sweeping you, generality
5: before we close. Oh, that's hour. right. And I said that um, that if you if there's any sexual sexualized experimentation before the age of twelve, it is suspect. And we talked a little bit about it off the air, and, and I, of course, I'm making a very, very broad generalization. But before the age of 12, people are not neurologically developed sufficiently to be sexual. They just are not developed in that way for the most part. So if, if somebody's touchy feely and experimenting and playing doctor, that, that's experimentation. But if it is a sexualized act, it's only because somebody's been abused.
4: Well, the touchy-feely in playing doctor is a sexualized act for a young person. It is not, it is not for for sexual
5: person. arousal and climax, these sorts of things.
4: That is the underlaying of it, though, if you think about it. If you think about two uh, six-year-olds getting together playing doctor, there's, they know they're doing something naughty. Yeah, so they know they that not, if parents came not, in, they would stop doing only it. because they're
11: told they're doing something naughty. They are
5: not it. going for mutual arousal. They're just experimenting. And probably if they got some kind of response, they'd back off. Right. It would be, be frightening to them because yeah. they wouldn't understand what it was. All right. Be. So
4: you're saying that Steve's uh, ambivalence uh, sexually was caused by this episode when he was I'm 11? I'm saying it's
5: suspect.
4: All right. Well, suspect. suspect don't get you four bucks. <laughs> two bucks. Whatever the pot is. The the point is, yes. Uh, no, it would get you three bucks. Oh, I thought you were giving my, me almost. Uh, okay. That's only right. All right. Let's give him two bucks. All right, uh, I'm taking... Now, are those your two bucks? Yeah, I'm guessing they are. Okay. All right.
12: <laughs> well, you can put them back no, in
4: for give a dollar, you, I'll huh? give you 50 cents. Fine, we'll work it out. You know. Drew, do you want to read this uh, no. fax? No. No, you don't. No. Okay, well, it's not part of your job. I guess you do enough here. <sighs> All the head nodding and uh, thumbing through worthless literature. Uh, the dictionary. And answering the pages and uh, thumbing through the dictionary and the source That's quite enough. You already have a full load. You don't want to? I read
5: that. I thought it was about right for tonight. All right. Uh, this is, uh, it doesn't have a name. I've been a listener for years. I always love to listen. My question is, is it okay to be in love to a guy twice my age? I'm gay, 24 years old, never in a relationship before. My lover likes me a lot, but sometimes I'm scared because he is very active. He gives me oral sex. I just give him the hand. Uh, we do a lot of deep kissing. What are my chances of getting HIV STD from my lover? I was also molested when I was small by a family member. This is why I didn't want to answer this. All right, this hold on. Engineer view.
4: Mike, put that entire thing on a card. Oh, cart. that's why to read
8: it. Yes, right, absolutely. Card
4: right. it up. Sure. Mike, please, don't make me remind you this time tomorrow. Just mark it off. Drop whatever you're doing now. Thank you. All right, now, what is the answer to that?
5: I, I, he doesn't specify a lot of stuff here. He said he's scared because his a uh, lover is very active. I assume that means that he's active with other people. Yeah. And, of course, he's a very, very high risk for multiple, for virtually everything. Um he gives me oral sex, so somehow I guess he believes that doesn't put him at risk of STD. You guys want to comment on that? Well, I mean, it,
11: it does. But anytime you have a potential exchange of fluids, I mean, it puts you at risk for any STD,
5: particularly HIV. But you see what he's what he's getting at is because I because his partner is the receptive oral mm-hmm. member partner.
11: Well, his partner's receiving oral. Oh, you're extreme high risk there. I mean, there's but, but he a, is not. The, oh, the, he's the, not. This guy is just performing, just receiving. Okay. Well, just well, receive- hold on, true. Well- yeah, hold uh, hold on, please. Uh,
4: <laughs> just stand by for a D- second, the straight here. True. Let me say this. Uh, I know uh, you have your um, level of appearances that you like to keep up here, and you don't like to use certain words and say handjob and everything else, but you cannot become the Riddler. You're not hosting some bad STD game show here with the uh, three retarded contestants. You have to speak in full sentences so right. we
5: can address the question. This guy gives his partner a handjob, but he receives oral sex, and he's wondering if he, has, he doesn't understand he the risk he received. No, no, he no, no, no. Well, this receives, a, a confusion.
12: I just want to make right. it clear.
5: Yeah, no, in, getting, no
4: can, he receives oral
5: sex.
12: Okay.
5: Yes. And he, he believes, he, he thinks he's safe. Well, I mean. He like, is, right? I mean,
11: relatively. I and mean, if you want to put on a level of high risk to low risk, it's low risk. It's low risk. Um, lower. A lower risk. Um, but there's still a risk. But there's still a
4: risk. Because something would have to be in the guy's saliva and then be transmitted well, he to have, you? He, yeah,
11: a lot of times people might have a cut in their gum. If they have right. braces or something like that, it could be a problem for them. And he might have uh, an abrasion on his penis or something that could cause... Um, mixing of fluids, but in any case, anytime you're going to have a potential exchange for fluids, protect yourself. I mean, that's
5: that's just the HIV issue. Virtually every other STD is certainly at a high risk.
4: Right. Right. Okay. Roxanne, 25, you're on Loveline.
14: Hi, Adam. Hi, Dr. Drew. Uh, Hello. um, I have a question um, regarding a situation that I got myself into last year. I was wondering if HIV is transmittable in this way. Um, I was fooling around with someone. And we didn't have sex, oral, nor genital. But I had his fluids on my hands, and his fluids were on his hands. And I don't remember when, but his hands eventually got in my pants. And they didn't make it down the hallway, if you know what I mean, but he was trying to ring the doorbell.
8: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
14: So I was wondering if HIV is transmittable in that way. Um, I don't know what his history is.
11: Can we stay with the metaphors? or yeah, Wrapping on work, that chamber door.
4: I was going to work knocker into the, <laughs> there you somewhere. Go. But, uh, well, listen, I, I, well, I'm, I'm not the expert here, but from what I hear, you can transmit this disease in uh, a cornucopia of different ways. And whenever there's fluid involved... And uh, touching around the genital area, I'm guessing it could be transmitted. Uh, pretty low risk in this
11: case. And plus, you don't even know if the guy was infected, do you? Well, yeah. Um, that means- I don't know. HIV is a very
5: unstable virus. It doesn't last long in the air at all. Not at right. all.
11: But if it's housed, say, within the semen, the, the fluid itself, um, it can live a pretty long time. Uh, uh-
5: Ro-
4: but, Roxanne, mm-hmm. this guy didn't have, uh, he wasn't HIV positive,
11: was he? Or do you know? Or
14: I, I really don't know. I probably not, but I was just...
11: Okay, okay well, for, for future, uh, real quick, I mean, it's always best to assume that your partner is, I mean, I don't want to say it's too safe to assume they're positive, but you want to assume that you have no idea what their status is, so you take the steps to protect yourself. What you might want to do is definitely go down to a clinic and... Uh, um get an HIV test done, and uh you know kind of go from there if if at best you might want to talk to the partner if you're still in, are you still in contact with him
5: or have him tested
11: Have him tested there you go do you still talk to the guy?
5: oh no. Well, he didn't make <laughs> right, it down. Yeah. He didn't make it
1: down the hall, so i upset. Yeah. So, okay. All
5: right. Well, listen, I mean, she
4: can go get tested for herself. So
5: Roxanne, yeah. keep contact with somebody. I had sex with? Come on.
4: <laughs> yes, uh, I'm sure you don't have it. This is not, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, I don't want to sound uh, too irresponsible here, but on the other hand, I don't want to kiss ass and be uh, too PC either. This is, uh, I, I'm almost sure you don't have it. This guy probably didn't have it, and you didn't engage in a real risky behavior anyway. But go ahead and get yourself tested, just so you can sleep at
11: night. Okay. All right.
5: What do you guys think of the, the new, the cheap, the oral, I, whatever it's called?
11: I the just, what, oh the Orisher. Yeah, Orisher. Uh, I don't even start on that one. But I'm just saying that if she if she potentially came in contact with the
5: fluid, it's it's at risk. Okay. You well, know let, what I mean? Let's finish that Orisher thing. Okay. Hey, this what is that? This it? is a new test you can take of the saliva. That's mm-hmm. going to be available in the farm. You call
11: a counselor and get your results. Oh, so,
5: but but the test itself, you think is okay? It's just you don't like the fact. I that think it's are a, it's a fine method of results. testing
11: for those that are afraid to get their blood drawn. But I yeah. I don't agree with the whole disclosure of calling and getting results. That's I mean, what are you going to? I mean, it's bad enough I've given plenty of positive results to know what a client can potentially go through yeah. when they test positive. And to do it alone at home, unsupported, I mean,
4: you think they need to be in the presence of I, uh, somebody?
11: I think it's important to have the support of someone. What
4: about a a policy, and I guess this is going to give it away, but if the person is positive, you say, come down and we'll talk to you. And if the person is negative, you call them
5: over the phone and say you're negative. Yeah, but then if they ask to be... C- to come down they're freaked out already yeah. don't show up I mean, well, be, well yeah. listen but eventually
4: I mean you have to give the population some credit I mean if nobody wants to talk to anybody and everyone's going to be freaked
5: out and all no, that
11: kind I, of stuff I mean what are you going to do I've heard people donating blood and because they weren't called back for another blood drive they think they're positive like what was wrong with my blood
5: And they, but they won't call and check it out
11: yeah but they won't call and check it out see I mean we work in a, we kind of function in a society where if we don't talk about it we don't admit denial, it denial is
5: our most favorite uh, it's the right. best line of mechanism. defense for us all right. I, 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 uh,
4: I, I, You certainly have a point. And we were talking about this on Thursday night when we had uh, a couple of people in here who are HIV positive. But there is the other argument, which is if you can get more people to get tested, because the the, the segment of society that you're talking about is living in serious denial and probably would not come down under any circumstances to be, to be, tested. To be tested in the first place at all. Well, you I'm saying no. at least this way maybe they get tested, True. and maybe they don't come in for counseling because they're so freaked out, but at least maybe they get tested, and at least they know, and at least they can conduct themselves accordingly.
11: I would rather have them in an environment where they can receive the counseling rather than have it not be an option altogether. Right. I mean, if they're in denial about about being at risk, period, if they get a positive result, they may say, oh, it was, you know, it's a false positive. And that's going to be disclosing that test. And they're going to be relying on that 0.1% that this is a false positive. Well, and they're I, going to go on that and it, not get any treatment.
4: It's an interesting uh, prospect. And I guess it boils down to, does society gain more for more people being tested in a more accessible way? Or is it hurt by a certain percent of? Percentage of people not coming in once they learn it's positive, and I <laughs> guess is, time will tell.
5: Add him back to his Nazi mentality. Just oh, shut up,
4: Drew. You know what? Listen, I'm being very diplomatic here. I I think, uh, and 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 if you picked another disease such as cancer, yeah. Another uh, potentially dangerous disease. Which is I'm not like, a
11: stigmatic. It's, you know, it's but not you a can't. stigmatic,
4: but, uh, but it, it does carry uh, certain forms of cancer, for instance, uh, carry a certain stigma, prostate cancer, uh, breast cancer to a certain degree, or, or uh, other parts uh, of the okay. body that are a little more personal. Would we want people to know? Would we trust people to know? I'm saying yes. So uh, I do agree that people need counseling but I do think uh, if we can get people to find out what the hell. And, Drew, I know you're a doctor, so you should just stay the hell out of this conversation. Very good. <laughs> can you believe we get paid the same amount? Can um, you believe that? Yes, I do. Oh, it's I crazy. think we had to just I, do piecework. We had to just get paid by the syllable here. Right. <laughs> Heather, 15, you're on Loveline.
5: Uh, Actually,
4: the only time Drew wants to talk is when I'm in the middle of a joke. <laughs> Other than that, he's dead silent. Heather? Uh-huh. What do you want?
7: Oh, um... My parents have talked to me about my cousin having a drug problem, and he the only drug that I'm aware of that he does is pot. Mm. And my parents want me to talk to him because he's wanting to drop out of school. He's suspended all the time from school, and I just needed advice to see what to say to how him. How much is smoking? I don't know. How oh, old uh,
5: is he, your cousin?
7: How old is he? He's 15.
5: All is right. He, is uh, one of his parents alcoholic? No. All right. W- what? What's his ethnic background?
7: Uh, Mexican.
5: Rastafari. <laughs> is is you, are any of his, uh, any other close family members alcoholic? Mm-mm. The, the grandparents? No. Okay, so All he's right. probably not smoking every day, oh. right?
7: Um. Well, they told me that he smokes every night.
5: Well... We'll see. Uh, You you talk to him about that. Drew
4: doesn't think he has the alcoholic gene, therefore he cannot be hooked on marijuana,
5: therefore he's not smoking every day. It's very unusual for non-alcoholics to become marijuana addicted. Very unusual.
4: Yes, but there's a higher incidence than, than you actually know of people smoking weed every day who aren't addicted to it or who don't have
5: the alcoholic gene. There's a lot of people that smoke pot every day who are not addicted. I agree with right. that. Right. This could and, be and one of them. this could be one of those cases. And in that case, what what we are dealing with here, Heather, is somebody who's very depressed. And they, whether he's an addict or not, certainly depression is the key issue here. It's why he's dropping out. It's why he's turning to substances. Well, let's, let's, let's ask our experts problem. here, though,
4: Drew. Uh, Anthony, what do you think? Would you get involved with this?
11: Well, I mean, I would bring up the issue of, of his substance using getting in the way of, of his priorities. I mean, what does he want to do? And, what,
5: what, why the hell don't they, Heather's, Heather, why don't your aunt and uncle, is it, why don't they get your cousin some treatment? I mean, he's, de- he's profoundly depressed. He's, he's failing in school. I mean, that's the, the single best indicator of an adolescent's mood is, their, is a sudden drop off in grades. That Thank is the God number I, one.
4: I failed right out of the chute, so there was <laughs> never anywhere to go. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're sicking a 15-year-old on another 15-year-old. Right. And, right. and I'm sure Heather's uh, hormones are going nuts. She's confused about her own hair, for Christ's sake. She doesn't need to be getting involved with her cousin in his uh, marijuana dependency.
7: No, they're um, they haven't. He's like threatened to run away every time they try to talk to him, and I don't know. They just can't control him. I guess.
4: Maybe we should give him the call. The number. Give him your home number, Anthony.
7: My home number? No,
4: not yours. Oh. Would he talk to? He wouldn't call and talk to a counselor.
7: I don't know. I'd
4: have to talk to him and see. <laughs> All right. He wouldn't run away if you talked to him about talking to a counselor?
7: No, not if I did.
4: All right. Well, let's give that number out again just for the uh, hell of it.
12: Ooh, which number? I
4: don't know. Substance use. What the hell do I know? Yeah.
11: Substance abuse Whatever's line. in
5: front of you.
12: I don't have a substance abuse line in front of me. Oh, you don't? I've got AIDS. Here's a AIDS
5: National AIDS. Youth Crisis Line. It's 1-800-522-8336. Okay. 1-800-522-8336. Okay? Okay.
4: All right. Give him that number. Uh, explain to him that people are worried and uh, just tell them. She, uh, she
11: could probably actually ask them for some help on how to talk to him about it. That's and a good idea. A little more in than she can right now. Yeah. Okay. Heather,
4: uh, why don't you make the call and get lined out and then you can uh, figure out a way to approach your cousin?
7: Okay. Could you give me the number again? Oh, okay.
5: 1 800 522 8336. Okay. Thanks. All right. Carrie.
4: Yes. Twenty-seven. You're on Love line.
15: I really am. Whoa.
2: Hey. <laughs> <laughs>
15: okay. Um, the reason I'm calling is I want to s- find out a couple of things. Um, how normal are threesomes?
4: Um, they're these, fairly yeah, prevalent these, these, these days, days. We hear
5: a lot about them, but That's, they but they always end in disaster.
15: What's the longest relationship you've ever heard of?
5: We don't really. Who, my Willard Scott over here.
15: I doubt there's any hundred-year-olds.
4: Uh, right. That's you mean, right. You mean threesome relationships?
15: Yeah. That would be... Well, <laughs> I've been in one for about a year and a half.
4: A threesome relationship? Yeah.
5: Are you oh. happy? Yes and no. Of course. That's why she's calling. Exactly. You know? exactly.
15: If I was thrilled to death, I probably wouldn't be at, you know.
5: You know this guy on the TV that they start arguing with me. Remember this? Yes. Ugh. Giving through a hard time. Uh, listen, People Carrie. Three, and, and he actually had some, some friends that were in a threesome thing. I said, just watch what happens. It just doesn't work. It just does not work. Triangulation does not work.
4: Is anyone married?
15: Yeah.
4: Who's Who are you? You're married to one of them, I guess?
15: I'm married to one of them. And the other one is at my house with us.
4: Uh-huh. And how often do the three of you have sex?
15: Not as often as I would like because I've been told that I have too bit too much and too active of a mind for sex. We only have it maybe once a week. All
4: right. So you mean your libido's a little stronger than theirs are? Yeah. Uh and these are two guys. Yeah. And uh how's the guys
15: relationship? They both have had um they both consider themselves um, bi curious.
4: Uh huh. So they're uh, they're the they're fooling around themselves.
15: Not that I've not that i
4: This, I've this
5: is a, this is a way to live a heterosexual life and be gay. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, you mean yeah. when you guys, when the three of you are engaging in sex, those two aren't touching each other.
15: They touch. Yes. All
4: right. Well, didn't I ask you about that? Well, what are they doing?
15: Um. It's not so much that they, I don't know how to explain it. It's like we have a separate situation. Everybody's in the same room, and, like, we have a big voyeurism thing going on. Sure. And then every once in a while, like, I guess while we're changing or whatever, then everybody will kiss and stuff. But it's not like they're touching each other to get each other off.
4: Okay, But are the two of them touching you at the same time? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you are very uh, a matter-of-fact about that. All right. Uh, boy, we could do some gambling. Oh, <laughs> could we do some gambling on Carrie's fast? Well, I... Oh, I might... Oh, I can... I, I, I'm going to win that 50 cents back from Anthony if it's the last thing I do. <laughs> all right, uh, Carrie.
15: Yeah.
4: Uh, we got to go to break. Okay. This is a uh, sad and titillating call all at the same time, I guess, depending on what people look like newt. So we're going to go to break. Uh, try not to have any sex.
15: Oh, I'm by myself.
4: All right. Uh, believe me, it can be done. Lord knows I do it every night. Now, when we <laughs> come back, we'll uh, get to the bottom of this carry thing, and Drew will uh, talk a little more about the threesomes.
2: I don't go in for these backdoor shenanigans. Shenanigans. Sex, drugs, rock and roll. Shenanigans. Chips, dips, chains, whips. Shenanigans. These guys, to think. The be right Nannigan. Nannigan. Back.
8: <laughs>
3: Buying a car can be a stressful experience, but TrueCar is changing car buying forever. Yes, TrueCar helps car buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Last month, over 45,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. And TrueCar.com users save an average of $3,046 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three steps. Go to TrueCar.com. Find out what other people paid for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com to see the upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. And the third step is simple. Just print out your TrueCar savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Every day, TrueCar.com users receive negotiation-free, guaranteed savings. Save time. Save money and never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com dot com today. That's TrueCar.com. dot com.
4: Love line. Phone number one eight hundred L O V E one nine one. I'm Adam Carolla. That is Doctor Drew here with Elizabeth and Anthony. Uh, Elizabeth is uh, from the L.A. County Department of Health Services. Uh, she is with the uh, STD program. She, um, well, do you uh, do you come up with policy on this sort of stuff? Sure. And uh, you say, here's my recommendation. And uh, what kind of recommendations have you made over the years?
12: Recommendations um, based on some of the research that we do um, at who should be targeted for, say, interventions for education, um, you know, certain uh, subpopulations, certain age groups. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, different outreach programs that we do, like, you know, where they should be targeted. Mm-hmm. Um, also, on uh, recommending treatments that are, we find, you know, we're getting better and better treatments, which ones we should be using, tests that are better. You know, we're doing DNA amplification, like the OJ test. To test right. For STDs now, stuff like that.
4: Yes, and the, um, the uh, chlamydia was wearing the Bruno Mollies. I have a picture. <laughs> but let me ask you this. Uh, I know uh, uh, Drew and I were talking uh, the other night, just uh, and Drew was saying how, um, oh, hell, what was the uh, wonder drug uh, 70 years ago? Um, penicillin. Penicillin, thank you. How many years ago was that? 50. Okay. Uh, how penicillin is virtually uh, ineffective these days because uh, the uh, viruses or the um, Organism. organisms have mutated in such a way to get around it. Do you guys find, uh, do you find that this happens with the treatment of some of these STDs that you have to keep coming we, w- we up were talk- with better we, we actually, methods?
5: We talked about that at the beginning of the show. Yeah, we, we, when we were talking about the rising of uh, polyresistant strains of gonorrhea, multi-resistant strains of gonorrhea. I mean, they're resistant to multiple different kinds of antibiotics. Sorry, Adam. Sorry you weren't here for that. What the... When were we talking about that?
9: Yeah, we
4: were. Yeah, you guys were talking during the commercial. No, no, no. no. Early in the commercial. No, no. No, no. No, no. No, no. No, no. No. But, uh, so you have to keep coming up with... uh, Well, Drew, because Drew, he he speaks in that doctor speak and no one knows what the hell's going on. Even (laughs) uh, people with uh, superior intellects like myself weren't listening. (laughs) So you have to keep evolving as these things evolve. Or actually, these things are sort of evolving around you.
1: Right, exactly. Right,
4: and... uh, which goes to show there are little patterns out there in the world. Uh, this, uh, I, I, my, you know, I'm a big uh, supporter of the Darwinism, and this, uh, this proves it. Uh, nature wants to infect X amount of people with oh, yes. uh, X amount of things, oh, and it yes. will keep working oh, yes. nonstop, oh, yes. oh, seven oh, yes. days a
5: week,
0: Absolutely. to
4: try to work their way around it. Yes. And it's the same with uh, these pesticides. They spray on the crop. It kills, uh, kills the uh, vermin one year, but the next year they come back stronger and they're resistant to this uh, pesticide. That's why people
12: need to wear condoms.
4: Absolutely. It's, uh, Prevent
5: it all together. Not take antibiotics every time they get a stuffy nose.
12: I, yeah.
4: Absolutely. And let me say something about these antibiotics. I never take antibiotics. Now I have to suffer. Mm -hmm. Now, because people have been uh, popping these things like Pez for the last 10 years, I come down with something, and it's untreatable by any conventional cause, uh, by any uh, conventional method these days, because you people have been popping these antibiotics. Uh, Drew, I blame you and your profession for this. Thank you. You should really not give them out.
5: Mahalo. Tell people to
4: take an aspirin and chill out. Go holistic, Adam.
5: Absolutely. No, not me. You have no idea how much people won't sit still for that. You have no idea.
4: Well, screw them. You're the doctors. You tell them what to do. <laughs> All right. Uh, Carrie. Yes? You're 27. Yes. You're uh, married to one guy. How long have you been married to him for?
15: Um, almost a 7 year age. Really? Yeah.
4: And when did you start up with the threesome business?
15: About a year and a half ago. Uh-huh. This is after he um, admitted that he had had... Uh, you guys, what did you guys call it? Um, mutual. Um,
5: Masturbation. Yeah, that's it. All right. With a male. Yeah. Yeah, but, Carrie. Look, he he is struggling with his sexual identity, and it sounds like he is gay and having difficulty coming to terms with that. I wouldn't be surprised if he and your extramarital partner uh, are having sex outside of the threesome as well. Mm. And that may be why when you're when you. Uh, ask for more. You are you are pushed away with such v- so vigorously. Yes, they're all tuckered out. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
5: Carrie, yeah.
4: You don't have any kids, do you? No. Mm. All right. Don't have any kids. Do you hear me?
11: Yeah. <laughs> if you have one, I'll buy it from you. All right. Okay. So, so Please. Do you think it's, it's a good idea that she bring it up to her partners? Oh yeah. Address this. I mean, just yeah. address it on an, in an environment that's a little safe for you. I mean, that you can just be open I'm with sorry? it. Just address this in an environment that's safe for you to to bring it up to them. You know these issues that you brought up here this evening. At least with your husband.
5: I mean, the third guy's a third guy. He's your yeah, husband. That's true. Let, you know, let it let give it up to me to tell you what he's actually feeling. And if you don't be surprised if he reacts with very very vigorous uh, denial mm-hmm. and a lot of even anger. All right. Do you want to stay in this relationship, Carrie?
15: Yes, I think I do. Why? Well. I love my husband. I really do. Uh
4: Uh-huh. And when we say, uh, or when Drew says uh, he may have uh, turned the corner and uh, be going gay, do you, uh, what do you think of that?
15: Well, I've asked him about it because we had um, a period of time right after I found out that he was that way. And so then we went through and we were running around. A muck in in the gay neighborhoods as like ex, you know what they what the gay people would call experimentals.
5: The two it's of you like, together.
15: Yeah, we were together. No,
5: let me let me get clear on this. Some clarity is the, is it that you forced him to include you in all this?
15: No, um, yeah. he gave me a decision, either to that he would totally stop going to bars and stuff like that. And be just with me strictly. Or I could go with into to bars and stuff. And Why didn't
4: you pick him stopping going to bars and just staying with you?
15: Because when he was discussing it, I felt it was more honest to go ahead and let him go. I would rather let him go have out whatever he's going to have out. Find out what's going to happen. Than to find out he's still doing it behind my back.
11: All right, so you didn't trust
5: him. You didn't think that was a real option then?
15: No, I don't trust anybody. (laughs) Yeah,
5: so you forced him to include you in all this. Right. Carrie, you need to be honest with yourself. Hmm. Step up to the plate here and realize what's going on. All right, Carrie,
4: I don't want to drag this out too much further, but some stuff happened to you when you were younger?
15: Mm. What happened? Not that. Nothing I can remember. Um, when you were talking earlier about like kids playing with each other, I think I had something like that happen at nine. But that was it. But that was a girl.
5: <laughs> it, it often is same sex. But was it was it to orgasm or anything like? That? Was it sexual?
15: No, it was just. All right.
5: I mean experimentation. Touchy feely is normal. But, but touchy feely with a sexual
4: all right something something 's going on with Gary, oh
5: yes, all right, so uh the point is is uh well, not wait a minute, but I mean, she may just be caught and desperate, you know what I mean she That may, may be, be true so it does, she may have just i mean, he may be' not be a he, I
4: think something happened to get her set up to put up with this
5: yes, I suspect so, uh however, it 's just she yes, something, yes, no doubt something, but it does not be anything onerous okay i 'll look up onerous later in the evening. <laughs>
4: Uh, CK, mm-hmm. 17, you're on Loveline.
16: Mm-hmm. Okay, second. Okay,
4: let's see. Uh, James, 25,
17: you're on Loveline. Hey, Loveline, what's up? Hey. Got a question for you guys. Um, Drew, I think this is going to be a little more directed towards you. and want you to crack open your textbooks over there. Um, I've got a little bit of a problem with my girlfriend here. Let me
4: tell you where um, uh, Drew's textbook is. It's between his ears. Do you hear that? <laughs> Uh, hey. And you know where my textbook is? Uh-oh. In oh, my uh, ass.
17: Hi. Who saw that one coming. Um, anyway, what this stems from is a conversation we had a couple of nights ago. Um, I was uh, trying to get her out, getting ready to, uh, to uh, have a moment, I guess. Um, and she told me that she didn't like to be touched that way. And that led to a whole... Uh, This is
4: your wife or your girlfriend? This is my girlfriend. This led to a
17: a whole conversation.
4: Anthony is uh, gesturing frantically over there.
11: Either he's got to go to the bathroom or he's heard this before. Uh I've heard this before. Um, Go ahead, go on a little more.
17: All right. Well, this led to a conversation about uh, some possible abuse that she had um, when she was very, very young. Uh, She told me about this little girl that was a playmate of hers that. is in some pretty serious therapy right now. And she thinks that she has suppressed some memories of uh, some some pretty serious sexual abuse that went on. And she thinks it's holding her back quite a bit in some of her lifetime goals that she's trying to reach now.
11: Your girlfriend said this to you? Yeah. That she probably has been through some abuse that... Right, with okay. this
17: little girl that used to be her playmate. Okay. Um, and, I mean... People used to watch them uh, when her parents were out of town.
11: Right, the people that used to watch them, their daughter... Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, so, what w- what issues does this bring up for you?
17: Well, I'm concerned about her because, um, I mean, I don't want to point her in the wrong direction, but she turned to me for some advice.
11: Okay. Well, I mean, uh, what you can offer—not so much advice, but support mm-hmm. and um, help her access, um, whether it be in, in a, uh, an abused, uh, um,
5: I guess, helpline or a, uh, an abused. Uh, um, I
11: don't know. Dr. G, do want to help right. is, out?
5: Is, We've talked about this a couple of times tonight. I mean, yeah. there, there certainly are survivors of abuse programs out there, but the, the, probably the best thing is to set up a relationship with a psychiatrist and psych- or a psychologist and honk uh, her down for a few years of, of work and uh, see if she can get through this.
4: All right. It, it does not mean uh, you guys have to break up. It doesn't mean oh, no. either no, when no. he has to no, leave no. town or quit a job. It <sighs> just means she's getting in touch with something that happened, and it's probably ultimately a good thing because – People are affected by things that happen, whether they're in touch with them or not. I mean, a lot of times people think, well, I just got in touch with something. I had a realization, and now it's really affecting me. Well, guess what? It was running you before in the relationships that you choose, in the way you uh, um, carried on with your folks or lover or even the way, uh, even the profession. You choose, uh, be it uh, stripper or porn star, it uh, it affects you. It absolutely does. So, this is a good thing that it's come to the surface. And now, uh, James, you are a good guy. You are a sturdy and guiding hand. You can take her by the hand, and you guys can work this thing through together. All right?
17: I kind of figure that's the guy's point, too. All right.
4: All right. Cool. Well, what do you want?
17: Well, it's kind of. Actually, I'm glad that you said these things, because that's kind of uh, the advice that I gave her. Good. So, thanks for the. Uh second opinion there.
4: Our pleasure, James. You're a good man.
17: Take
4: care, guys. All right. Of course, his ultimate goal is to get more sex, but <laughs> still, uh, uh, his motives may be impure, but either way, they're going to get some therapy. And we'll be back.
9: I began to float up and away from my body. Uh, lady, you better
3: get back here. If you're not here when Loveline returns, they're going to be <laughs>
0: This Film Vault, what is it all about? We'll break it down. We're going to break it down. Hold on. We're going to break it down. We open every show with what we call Flick Fashion, where mm-hmm. Brian and I talk about the most recent three films we've seen, films that are in theaters now, as well as... Films you can stream now, films you can uh, track down on TV. There's your films that are accessible. And then we get into it in the next segment, where we have a top five list week in, week out, whether yeah. it's top five sports, top five war movies, top five racist characters. Mm-hmm. Yes, we try and be entertaining, but we definitely talk about entertainment. The Film Vault, over it. On one.com That's O-N-E.
4: All right, more love Loveline. Uh, screw the phone number because, uh, frankly, we don't have the time or the inclination. We're here with uh, Elizabeth Siemens and Anthony Romero. Now, I gave Elizabeth's uh, qualifications last time. I forgot about Anthony. Young Anthony works at the Children's Hospital, and uh, he's a health educator. And uh, All right, I will get Elizabeth in. She works for the L.A. County Department of uh, health services and she's with the STD program and it is uh, condom week after all and we're talking about uh, enlightening the listeners as to uh, what condoms g- can and can't prevent and I'm guessing they can prevent just about everything and uh, STDs and uh, who's at risk and uh, how they're spread and um, why they will not be killed by conventional methods we now have to get into the uh, nuclear ar- arsenal. Alright uh, am I missing anything Drew?
11: No. Good.
4: You see what his job is?
11: Yes, confirm. Uh, no, the show. I'll
5: oh, monitor you. Yes, <laughs> there you go.
4: Ellie. E- yes, he's more of a uh, he's more of a nanny than he is a co-host. Consultant.
9: <laughs> hello.
18: All
4: right, let's shut uh, shut this mic off. Yes, Ellie.
18: Hi, I'd like to say a special hello to Doctor Drew. I'm a big big admirer.
4: Unfortunately, uh-huh. oh, a huge more. fan of the mute over here. The mute <laughs> <laughs> whose hobbies include reading and answering his pager.
18: <laughs> okay. Um here's my situation. I'm getting involved with this guy, and we're at the messing around stage, and um, he's very passionate and everything, but he's a little traditional as far as, you know, sex goes, and I'm no S&M fanatic, but I like it a little rough, a little kinky, and I was curious if you guys have any tips on how to kind of coax it out of him. He seems like he could...
11: Yes. You've done this before, Adam. Women I certainly have. have. You've answered this before. Believe like me, your
4: when answer. you're uh, when women uh, give you the uh, reception that I get sexually, you you become a supreme motivator. <laughs> I am really uh I'm really uh, Vince Lombardi in the bedroom.
11: Yes, sir.
18: Uh-huh.
4: Got to blow one for the Gipper. I, yes, uh, sir. Like uh, like my dad used to say. <laughs> uh listen, Ellie. Uh-huh. You need to uh, agitate. We were just talking about this on the uh, TV the other night. You, you need to uh, agitate him a little bit. You need uh, every man has a sort of Cro-Magnum, um Magnum uh, carnal lust in his in in the bowels of his soul. Now some guys it gets covered up with a lot of stuff. In Drew's uh, case, it's uh, the lab apron and the uh, bad rim glasses and a little too much hairspray, and it gets repressed. <laughs> But it is in, it is inside of every man. Now some guys they wear it out there on their sleeve, right? I mean they're just big balls of uh, testosterone <laughs> latent, latent uh, sexuality just rolling down uh, the street, usually on a uh, four in a four wheel drive or on a hog or something. <laughs> but some guys you got to get to. The core is there though. He is heterosexual, right? Because the yeah. core speech is off, if not, huh? Yes. Sorry, uh, what was the question? He's a heterosexual man. Oh, yes. All right. Have you asked him to do anything yet, or you're just uh, getting to that point?
18: I kind of brushed on the topic, and he seemed negative to it, and he said he wasn't really into that. Mm-hmm. But yet, when we're together, it kind of feels like Right. It could be right. pushed All right. a little bit into it.
4: All right. Don't ask him before he gets uh, sexed up. All
18: right.
4: You know what I mean? He has to get agitated. Uh-huh. He needs to get a little brow sweat going before he's going to agree to anything. Because guys don't really like talking about sex. It's a, it's a sad state, but a true one. Yeah, guys I don't, don't really want to like intellectualize that. this thing. So here's what you do. Okay. And I know Drew hates his advice, but uh, Elizabeth and Anthony, I know you're right on board on this one. You have your usual mundane sex. Nothing special. He's moving at a snail's pace. You're in a missionary position, and um, you're um, you're holding the uh, Maybelline catalog up on, over his head where he can't see, it and you're picking out new eyeshadow. And you say to him, "Hey, buddy, is that all you got?" And he'll chuckle a little bit, and he'll probably keep going at his pace. And you you say, uh, "Listen, uh, I, I you know I I want this. I'll get a dog. Come on, you got something in you. Are you man or or, or are you wuss?" And the guy he'll he'll chuckle a little, but then you'll notice the pace start picking up, and uh-huh. he'll go, eh, "You're getting in the neighborhood." Seems uh, right. what times your mom have to have you home? Or hey, gee, the street lights are on. Shouldn't you be running along? And then he just he'll get going a little more. And once you get him agitated enough, he will just explode into this uh, ball of sexual energy. Okay. It's only going to last for a minute and a half, so you better hang on <laughs> and enjoy. But you can bring this out in a man. Okay, I absolutely. You understand? Okay. And then he's not going to stop. The dirty talk's are going to come, and they just hope he doesn't get out of control. Okay. See what I'm saying? Yeah. You're unleashing the um, the uh, reptile alerge. brain, yes, the primal urge. Mm-hmm. All right, so agitate him a little bit, but don't bother doing it while you're eating. Okay. <laughs> you got to do it when you're actually having intercourse, all right?
18: All right, I think i got a plan.
4: <laughs> yeah, tug his hair a little. All right. Poke him in the eye. All right, Ellie. Okay. All right. Thanks. All right. I got a little whipped up myself just talking about it.
11: <laughs> Notice that.
1: Careful.
4: I like a little rough uh, trade every once in a while. That's I don't good. think there's anything wrong with that. Uh-huh. I I think uh, sex is a very aggressive act. I mean, if you really uh, just break down the whole sex thing, if you think about it for a second, uh, one person's uh, you know piled on top of the other person is a, th- a thrusting going back and forth. The uh, male phallus represents almost a, a dagger. <laughs> It's almost like you're running the person through. It's a, there's a lot of uh, anger, a lot of hostility
5: in sex. Uh, or there can be. Yeah. This is back to you and the, your mother and grandmother banging you over the head with a... giant your, scrotum? Your, your scrotum. That yeah. was just a dream, <laughs> Drew. <laughs> uh, That's bless. where the hostility comes from. All right, but we've
4: never... First off, we don't know it was my mother or my <laughs> grandfather. Uh, sorry. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right please <laughs> my grandfather's ninety five and on his deathbed, please uh, we don't know it was my mother and my all right I had a dream uh, some months back in which I was in the deep end of the swimming pool uh-huh. and my back up my back was up against the the wall, and it was one of those things where you, your feet weren't touching the bottom and you couldn't really you know you you're somewhat vulnerable mm. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, two middle-aged uh, Hanchi women were sort of cornering me and beating me with what seemed to be uh, a, a giant scrotum, perhaps my own. <laughs>
5: and I just point out to him, when, whenever surmise, this is my mother well, whenever, whenever he has described his mother, grandmother, he's always used the term hanchi women. Haunchy. He's mm-hmm. always used that. All right. He said, oh, I come from a long line of haunches. That's who said. What does it the scrotum them <laughs> What can of? you say? You studied analysis for a little while. You don't have to be Fellini to figure that out. Sure. And <laughs> water? Water. Mm-hmm. What's the water part?
12: <laughs> water. You don't know about water dreams?
5: Oh, my. Well, well, well. What are the water dreams?
12: Well, uh,
4: wa- yes.
12: water in itself in a dream. Means. It's sexual.
4: Oh, it
5: is?
12: Yeah. I mean, well, if you were just taking... You're in you know, a pool of water. A pool of now, water. It's just Drowning
5: in it. and, what we heard <laughs> and your and you mother say was just hitting you over the head with your All own, right, own but, scrotum. Uh, listen, <laughs> Freud, when you're time. being beaten over the head with your own scrotum, there's sex involved. I think we've uh, <laughs> deciphered that and much. And so uh, I can't imagine where the hostility comes from after being uh, castrated right, and drowned. I'm just saying,
4: uh, I can cuddle with the best of them. I just uh, sometimes uh, get a little going sexually. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, Kim, 16. Hi. Hey.
16: Um, I wanted to find out about uh, STD. It's called gardnerella. I was just diagnosed with it when I was pregnant, and then I had a miscarriage. They gave me pills stuff
12: for it, but
5: it's not really an STD. It's true. It it can be sexually transmitted, but it's not necessarily sexually transmitted.
12: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they mm. they really it. went. I've heard you talk about, about it before. It. <laughs> <it's> <laughs>
5: Did I, did I make a mistake? It, it's a vaginitis. It's just it limited to the vagina, and it doesn't have any consequences. It can't hurt you. It can't get it up in the upper genital tract. can't really affect your fertility. Uh, one thing I don't know, though, I mean, I, I I mentioned the other night that if you have one sexually transmitted disease, high, your risk of having more than that are really substantially greater. Mm-hmm. Does is Gardnerella fall into that category?
12: Well, I believe most of the vaginitis is due as far as BV, um, trick and... Uh,
4: and what does BV stand for?
12: Bacteria See, I thought
4: yeah. that was the bovine thing.
5: Uh, Somebody mentioned BV that day, and I thought they were talking about HPV. Remember this? Yes. I, I, BV, I'd never really Drew, heard. We of then, love uh, acronyms. Yeah, well. yeah. Drew then uh, spent 10 minutes convincing
4: this uh, poor chap that uh, he had HPV. Right. And uh, I'm sure he's uh, long since passed away. But uh, <laughs> BV. All right, so, Drew, you got the BV note got it, now? Yeah. Got it. All right, Kim. Yeah? You said you had a miscarriage.
16: Yeah, but he said that it could, I could have just gotten it because I was pregnant.
5: Right, these 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 vaginities, as they're called, can really sprout from many different That's causes. That's an old Lucy sketch, by the way. Uh, it it can be bowel organisms that make their way up there. It can be an antibiotic that changes the the bacterial flora. It can be a new sexual partner, condoms, All right, stress. What,
4: what, Were you pregnant at fifteen?
16: Well, no, I was sixteen. I was pregnant from June of ninety-five to September.
4: And uh who is this with your boyfriend? Yeah. He's still together?
16: Um no, as of about a month ago.
4: Oh, okay. You weren't using protection? No. You know it is national con I'm I'm expanding. It's national condom year.
2: <laughs> Did you know
4: it? Hey, listen. I know the, these uh these Chinese they have the year of the cow, the year of the I mean, they pick some really bad animals too. They have like the year of the, there's one like ox. the there's one like the goat rat and stuff, the ox, the bat. I mean they got all these uh I think it is year of the like um, sewer rat or something this year. But the point is this. I'm declaring this year of the condom. There you go. That's what we need here. We need some uh uh, we need to take the uh, old world uh, orient wisdom and bring yeah. it here to the states in a
5: more updated fashion. Next year, year of the Norplant. Aha. Good. Yes. Good. The no, guy. you're
4: right. This is the year of the Norplant. Condoms, uh, condoms a few years off. I have other things to do. Year
11: of, year of the Spermicide.
4: Year of the Spermicide. Kim? Yeah? Use protection, please.
16: Okay, well, what can I do about the Garnerellix? They didn't oh. treat it? Huh?
5: They didn't treat it?
16: They gave me some flagel
5: That treats it.
16: But it didn't treat it because the smell... If there's like
5: an odor. Yeah, how long do you take the flagel for? Um,
16: just a week, three pills for seven days. Three pills a
5: day. That should have taken care of it. Go, go back. There's a flagel cream that they can use intravaginally too. That helps with that. So sometimes I'll use that also. Okay. Okay. All right. All right, Kim.
4: Uh, she should have this smell so she uh, does not engage in sex.
5: All right. You wish that upon her.
4: I absolutely do. Okay. <laughs> I wish a uh, horrible odor upon everyone who uh, was uh, pregnant at sixteen. All right? Uh, So it is said, so it shall be done. And we'll be back.
3: Brett Easton Ellis podcast.
17: I'm here with actor James Vanderbeek. Every career is really made up of so many more disappointments than successes. Oh, for sure. It is hard, I guess, not to get bitter. There
0: has to be something
17: yeah. in it that keeps you going.
4: You know what saved me has actually been writing, and it's funny to say that because I mean, I don't talk about it. Nobody really knows that they am doing it, and that's where I can actually start to express some of the things that I want to say, create some of the projects that I want to create. I think that's kept me sane.
3: The Brett Easton Ellis podcast at podcastone.com.
4: All right. Well, plum out of show. Elizabeth, uh, Anthony, thank you very much for coming in tonight. We do appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Elizabeth, why don't you uh, peel off that number one more time?
12: The National STD Hotline, number 800-227-8922. And there's also, I know someone called about herpes. There's a National Herpes Hotline, um, which is 919-361-8488.
4: All right. And uh, soul coughing tomorrow night. We uh, were just hanging out with those guys recently, Drew, and yep. uh, we really like them. Yep. And Drew really likes yeah, them. It's yeah. It's really weird.
5: How do you know you like them? I don't know.
4: You say you like their music.
5: I, I was affected by their videos. I mean, they just they just gave me a, a disturbing feeling. It's not always a good feeling of watching these videos. <laughs> oh, okay. You were disturbed. All right. Either way, you were affected. Though. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Okay. All right. So it was more... Uh, it was not... Uh, a smile, it was gas that came over you. Maybe that. <laughs> okay, well, Soul Coughing will be in here tomorrow night and we'll have a good time with them. I want to thank uh, lovely Lisa, the beautiful Sherry, the Angular One producer Ann, and of course the One Nut Wonder engineer Mike. The ever changing engineer Mike, look at him.
5: Look what he's got behind him now. Is that green thing?
4: Oh, yes, that's his aura. And until next time, Sam Crowler for Dr. Drew saying mahalo.
0: This has been Loveline. The opinions expressed herein are not necessarily remote service for Loveline guests provided by Fox Limousine. And it certainly wasn't for me,
2: Loveline producer Ann Wilkins. This
0: broadcast was copyrighted in 1997, Westwood One Entertainment. This music is MXBX on Tooth and Nail Records. Sit, Oboo, Obu, stop dragging your butt across the carpet. This concludes another
3: PodcastOne.com program.